0: This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Matchday Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythgroup.co.uk. Blyth Group. Group, Big enough to deliver, small enough to care.
1: The Old Gold Club. Powered by Blyth Group. Official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers.
0: So hello there and welcome to another of our short series of the Old Gold Club where we look back over some of the most memorable matches from the perspective of those who have played in them or watched them from the stands or watched them from afar, just interesting tales really and the man that we've got on today is a man who had an awful lot of games to try and choose from 33rd on the all-time appearance list a veteran of the old gold club live show pretty much this time last summer uh, mr dave edwards dangerous hello mate Hiya mate, how are you? I'm very well. I know that you're a bit sniffly because you've got hay fever at the minute. It is that kind of time of year. Um, It's kind of weird to think that this time last year we were pretty much getting ready to do the live show.
1: I know, it was exciting as well, wasn't it? I don't think anyone kind of... Anyone, uh, no one really knew exactly how it was going to go. I suppose, but it was a it was a roaring success. I think, and to see so many people in Wolverhampton was pretty incredible, and it shows how well the um, the podcast did do.
0: Well, I mean, it's the thing that doing. I mean, I was probably supposed to know how it was going to go, and yeah, I didn't. So for me, it was it was such a scary experience because I think I've talked to you about this before. You're used to playing in front of crowds i'm not used to people seeing me when i do stuff
1: <laughs> so it's a little bit odd for you then mate oh
0: it was so i mean it was brilliant to have people there but it was such a strange strange experience and it feels all the more stranger now because here we are a year on and we're we're kind of edging towards the end of lockdown but we're kind of still in it how's it been for you
1: Um, It's well. It's been very, very different. um, But I've tried to make the most of it as much as possible. I spent a lot of time with the kids and I think the weather's really helped. It's allowed us to be outside a lot. And I'm I'm quite lucky. I live out in the countryside so we can get out on walks all the time and and things like that. So I've actually really enjoyed it. I'm I'm really missing football now though. It's definitely made me think that I'm going to keep playing as long as possible um possibly maybe before this lockdown i was thinking well maybe i've got one or two years left but i think as long as i'm still fit and can contribute to the team then i don't want to give football up too easy because so i've been 10 11 weeks about it now and yeah i'm missing it I'm missing it loads
0: see that's an interesting side to it though i guess because you i mean you're not that old are you really
1: no,
0: 34. Yeah, see, 34, that's slightly yeah. younger than me. That's fine. You've got you've got years left in you. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing, though, of, like, you are at the stage of your career where you do kind of look back and and, I guess, think more fondly on different times because I remember talking to you, actually, when we were we worked out just how many games you'd played. I think you'd just got to the three. I, I think I told you you were approaching 300 for the club and 500 at the time. We, we might have been at Le, away at Leeds at the time, if I remember yeah, right.
1: Yeah, rings a bell, yeah. I remember we worked out I had to play every game the rest of that <laughs> yeah. season to, to make it. And luckily I did. I, I finished <laughs> finish the season, played 300 games and 500 career games.
0: I mean, that's remarkable, mate. It's absolutely yeah. remarkable.
1: Yeah, cuz you never really know. You obviously you look online and there's so many different interpretations of what what you've played and um I think you had the you could um access all the databases properly whereas Wikipedia I think has me a couple hundred games shy I think or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where those years went, but um yeah, so you find out for definitely, which means I should be up towards 600 now hopefully, I think. Or well on the way anyway.
0: Have you actually thought like Can you get to 750, 800 now?
1: No, no. It's literally just every every game as it comes and then every season as it comes. I've obviously got another year left at Shrewsbury and um, I said I want to continue as long as possible but at the same time, I don't want to really play for anyone else now. So... If it was if Shrewsbury, for instance, didn't want to offer me a new contract, then I'd have to think very seriously about um, hanging my boots up because I don't want to uproot the family or anything like that. I found it tough when I was down at Reading, um, and then I think to finish off at Shrewsbury would be a, a lovely way to finish my career. So, um, hopefully, I can play as long as I can um, and be able to to play for sort of my first love in Shrewsbury. Um, and then who knows how far that may take me hopefully over 600 at least
0: so unless it's like Telford or if Bridge North have got a team then you're not going anywhere
1: (laughs) I think probably TNS is closer to
0: me than that sort of stuff I'm just right on the
1: last balls aren't I so um you never know (laughs) (laughs)
0: um you've got 306 games to choose from here for your golden game what have you gone for
1: I've gone for um, the two-one win at Molyneux over Man City in 2011. I think it was um, 2010. 2010 was it? 2010. 2010-11 season. 10 season. Yeah. Um, yeah, just from a personal level, um, sort of scoring in that sort of game and scoring the winner in that sort of game. And I remember we were on a really tough run, so it was, um, it was a big game for us. And Man City just started spending all that money. Um, and it was our, sort of one of our first giant killings. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing game to be involved in. I remember it was on, was it on a Sunday as well, I think it was. Um, yeah, just from a personal level. there's probably bigger and better games I did play in as a team. But um, I think that one, the QPR game was right up there where we got promoted in in 2009. That was as loud as I think I've ever heard Molyneux and then the the Leeds game which we talk about quite a lot where we won um, (laughs) but I came on as a substitute in that game so I couldn't put that one in there Um, yeah and I think the the other one which would have come into contention for me personally would have been the the FA Cup win at Anfield um, where I got to captain the team and we went on to win that game (laughs) 2-1 So, but there's, there's been so many good games, there's been some bad ones in there as well. But there's been so many fun, memorable games. But I think that Man City game personally pips it for me.
0: Do you remember the bad ones?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you remember them all. But, well, I, that. I had a conversation not long ago um, with my family. I said, "You look how many games you've played over f- over 500 games." And if someone was to ask me from games five, ten years ago, I'd struggle to remember them unless I was sort of really reminded of the situation the score the goal scorers and it might start to plot into place but from my, my first spell at Shrewsbury for instance I cannot remember many games from that sort of off the top of my head um, but I think the majority of the Wolves games I, I will remember once I'm reminded of what happened in the game um, yeah there's been, some, there's been some awful games in there some really tough games <laughs> in there Um for me, playing not so good and just having in bad games where it's 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 horrible losing a game of football. But even even more so when you're at at Wolves because you feel it around not just the stadium at the time, but you feel it the following week um, around the city and and everything like that. It really does mean so much. And I've never been at a football team where it's had that impact whether you win or you lose to how the following week will go for the rest of the city. Um, they've got people who work in Wolverhampton, people who own businesses in Wolverhampton and they said their office on a Monday morning when we've lost is is terrible and then likewise when we won it's amazing. So um, to have that much of an effect on a community um, it's incredible. That's why you feel so, not, guilty is probably not the word but you feel responsible for, for a bad game and, and when the result hasn't gone right.
0: It's interesting you say that guilt, because that's probably not a word that you hear a lot of footballers use. Feeling guilty, we, I I know, because I've you know I've been lucky enough to have been close to people like yourself and and other players down the years at covering the club of just how hard you guys take it sometimes. But I, I think rarely will we have heard people say that they felt guilty because it's a team game in a lot of respects so you know it's not like you are personally responsible but it sounds like you're saying that sometimes you have felt like that
1: yeah definitely and I think even more so the the later it went into my career at Wolves because I felt that especially in those last two or three years I was there that I was a real um, a mature figure within the changing rooms and I was Part of the leadership group, if you like, um, one of the older players who felt a real responsibility to to get to get results. When you're younger, you don't quite feel it as much, but when you're older, um, you realise people are looking up to you for answers, um, whether it's like the younger players, fans, things like that. So you do you feel a, a real responsibility when things don't go well, and the amount of times where. We were going through tough patches and uh, I was talking about it a few times. You're know, thinking um, after games, especially night games and things like that, you would be me, Carl Ikemi, Danny Bath, Richard Steeman, still in the change rooms for about two hours afterwards just trying to dissect it and seeing where you go from here and, and things like that. And That's the tough side which fans wouldn't see. They're, obviously, they're as frustrated as what we are, but... They go home, then they wait to the following Saturday to see what we've done about it. Whereas our whole week is consumed by it. Then um, that night you don't sleep. The, the next day you feel like rubbish, um, and then you've got to try and put together a plan. I know it's a team sport, but you always look at yourself first individually. Can you affect what happens on a match day, which you should be able to? But then, when you are, are part of that leadership group, then you've also got to go and try and implement that as well, and try and make that rub off on the the players around you, so everyone's in the same mindset to go into that next Saturday and realizing how important it is. It's not just it's not just a game of football. I wish it was at times, but it's not. And you you're there to entertain and you're there to get results, and we do have a huge effect on the the mood of of fans, whether we like it or not. I guarantee that a lifelong Wolves fan they'd have had tough years alongside the football team in 2000 sort of twelve, thirteen. Mm. Whereas you compare that to now, I bet their, their life is, is so much better because the football's going well. Um, and it does have that, that huge effect. Um, and as players and managers and staff, you, you do take that responsibility for it. Mm.
0: So going to this Man City game, then, because you talk about being a senior player later on in your Wolves career. Uh, in this time, it was early in the second premier league season under mick mccarthy i think you were just starting to have a run in the team but it it doesn't look like you had kind of nailed down that place at that time so how did you feel in and around the squad during this era
1: uh, this was I remember this was quite a frustri- frustrating time for me because I was um, I was struggling with injuries and I didn't really have much th- uh, faith in my body. Um, I knew if I pushed myself to the extreme, which I always did in games, that there's a chance I was going to get a little muscle strain or, or something like that. And consequently, we found out that I think it was in the turn of the year we played Blackpool at home um, and I fractured my back um, and we didn't realise that how much a part that was playing, all the, all these little muscle injuries I was getting, I was constantly getting little tears in my groin and hamstring and, and things like that where I'd missed one or two weeks and I couldn't really get a good run going but a lot of that came down to my back which obviously finally went um, a few months after that Man City game but um, at that point I just remember I was so happy to to be in the Premier League and I was so desperate to make the most of it because as you you alluded to right at the start of the call that you do look back fondly on your career and I kind of knew at that point that playing the Premier League seemed such a way off for me when I started out in football and now I was there and I wanted to make The most of it. I didn't want to be injured. I wanted to play as many games as possible because I knew when I look back on my career, Premier League years are the ones I'm going to look back on most fondly with Um, the stadiums you play at, the games you play, and all them sort of things. So I was just trying to keep myself in the team as much as possible, stay fit, Um, and that's where I was at that point. But I say going into that game, if I remember rightly, we were on bit of a rotten run um, and yeah. run a form. we started the season quite well didn't we and then we just tailed off completely
0: yeah you um, had one. you'd beaten Stoke on the opening day um, which if I remember right it might have been the, the Dave Jones free yeah, kick game it was yeah <laughs> and then Drew with Everton and Newcastle and then you'd lost five, four on the bounce Drew with West Ham five. just gone to Chelsea away and lost 2-0 which is not a bad scoreline but you get man city and and this is kind of the man city who i think they were fourth in the table at the time they they'd had a lot of money spent on them but they weren't quite the title winning man city but they were still very dangerous side to go up against
1: yeah they, they had superstars playing from didn't they i think that i think they're gelled into a team just as yet but they had the likes of Adebayor was playing from Yaya Touré. Um, Balotelli, bought, Balotelli, yeah. They bought uh, Milner, Adam they? at this point as yeah. well. So they were spending an awful lot of money and it was just waiting to sort of really gel together. But at any point, you knew they could turn on a performance and you didn't want to be on the wrong end of a four or five nil. Um, so it was important. We, we knew when we were in, on, on a bad run of fall on the Mick, we knew we were just going to have to try and grind out, be resolute, be hard to beat. Um, and I think that's what we did that year, although, or that game, although we did get off to quite a tough start, I think Steers gave away a penalty early on, didn't they? And, and Man City took the lead. Um, so it was one of those things. We've, oh no, not again, but we've, we rallied really well. And, um, and we got a goal quite quickly back and then I'd scored it. Um, and then from then on we, we played really well I thought I thought we were I remember I had a few good chances as well I hit the post off a header off a corner um, had another chance as well if I remember rightly um, but yeah we, we were playing really well up until we obviously got the what was to be the winner
0: because uh, looking at their team now it was Joe Hart and Goal, Richard's Company, Boateng, Colo Torre, Milner, Barry, Silva, Yaya Torre, Adabayor Balotelli. And the subs were Given, Zabaleta, Lescott, Wright Phillips, Adam Johnson, Vieira and Joe. And Wolves wow. lined up, Hanneman, <laughs> Stearman, Ward, Berra, Foley, Edwards, Henry, Hunt, Jarvis, Milias and Doyle. the.
1: So that's a battling British team with a sprinkling of Serbian <laughs> <laughs> magic in there. Well, that, was a, that was a team Mick would turn to. That is the typical Mick McCarthy team when things aren't going well and he needs to look in the dressing room on who he can rely on to go out and give a performance. And he's and he's done that there, definitely.
0: But you said, as you say, you did. And do you feel almost as if, that game was a bit of a turning point for you because in a funny way it wasn't because you lost the next four games but the ability to know a bit like beating man united done you know the ability to know that you can get results against these teams because this is the season where you win away at liverpool you beat chelsea at home and you beat man united at home after that man city game
1: yeah, I think it kind of breaks that glass ceiling, doesn't it? You, these guys aren't invincible. You look at the names on paper. You read out the teams. Uh, there's not a there's not a chance we should have won that game when you look at the names on the team sheets. But it's not down That's It's 11 members, 11 men at the end of the day. And um, what we always knew was that you could rely on the person next year. Um, that's what Mick McCarthy's team was always about. And we, we knew for a man that everyone was going to give up the absolute all and if we could do that and stay in games then we're going to get a chance because there is still quality in there you look at the likes of Doyle, who his first couple of seasons in the Premier League were were unbelievable for Wolves and then players like Nenad who just could change the game in an instant with his left foot Um, so you sort of put hard-working players around that and yeah, you're always in with a chance of the games. You look at the say the pace of Java on the one wing as well. Um, we did have players in the team who would who could go and hurt the opposition, but it was more about having good, honest lads who'd be able to stay in the football matches as well.
0: What do you remember of those final few minutes of that game?
1: We were under pressure. <laughs> I remember, yeah, we were. All eleven of us were camped back in our own half and. I remember, I think because I'd scored and we were winning, it just kind of gave me personally that extra burst of energy. And I remember right till the, I remember injury time, I was still sprinting around. And I think it was more because I knew that if we did hold on, then I was the one who was lucky enough to score the winner. So it wouldn't sound as good if we'd have drawn two all. So I was just going above (laughs) and beyond my physical capabilities to, to make sure that I was doing everything I could. I remember chasing Milner down in the, in, in the injury time I remember giving away a foul on the halfway line I said oh no just, just clear this one free kick away and we'd have won um, but yeah we, we worked so hard um, and that's what I can always say about Though, from those years in the Premier League when we did win a game we left it all out there and the distances we would cover the um, the mental toughness we had to show him out of shape to be closing people down knowing you're not going to be on the ball for long it's completely different now to the Wolves team you'll, you'll be watching this season next season where they've got all that quality to keep the ball and move the ball we knew we didn't have that so work rate and work ethic was, was going to be everything um, so those games are mentally exhausting physically exhausting but when you won um, that's why it was it was such a good buzz And like I, we were talking about before when you lost and you felt that responsibility it was made so much worse because of how much effort you'd put into those games for, for no reward.
0: Well, it, I mean, you talk about the hard work and effort. The, there's a reason your nickname was dangerous. Mm. and I know you thought it was Mickey Taken sometimes. <laughs> but I've watched the winning goal from this game. And you are the only Wolves player in the penalty area. When that ball goes in and then it gets cleared to Kevin Doyle, who's shot kind of rebounds and there's probably a touch of fortune about the way it dropped to you yeah but you earn that luck by getting yourself in there don't you
1: yeah i think so i think it was was it Foles who who went down the right hand side and i remember i think doyler had set it off to fall. So toilet was sort of behind play almost. Um, so I was going to be the the person who could get into the box from where I was with sort of my the legs and stuff I had. So I remember, as always, Mick always tell me, if you, you're in the box and you're the only one in the box, you've got to get across that front post. Um, so I remember I tried to do that. But then it went over my head and got cleared. And then I remember just thinking quickly I need to get back on side here for a rebound. If it hits me and goes in, I need to be on side. And then I could not believe my luck when it just dropped to me. And I was sort <laughs> of, I was eight yards out, middle of the goal. And Joe had already started to dive the one way before I'd even kind of come back to take the shot. So I had a more than half the goal to aim at from eight yards. Um and Joe had dropped down to his right hand side already. Um yeah, I could not believe my luck. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, euphoria then buzzing because all that hard work you put in and you finally get the goal. Um, but we still had, what, half an hour probably to hold yeah. on to? <laughs> so it was still a realisation of that. But yeah, I, re- I remember that moment um, vividly in my mind. And yeah, I just couldn't believe my luck the way it just fell to me. And as I said, Joe had already dived and it just had that, as long as I didn't blaze over the bar, which I had no need to, um, and it's going to be a goal.
0: Be honest, and it's the final question I'm going to ask you, and I've left it to the end because I want pure honesty from you, Dave Edwards. Is this your favourite goal or your favourite game? Because it was against your mate Joe Hart.
1: <laughs> it definitely adds to it. Yes. It definitely does. Um, it, it's amazing how our paths have crossed for our career. That we've obviously we started out such good friends at youth level. We played each other against in school games when we was younger. Uh, we had an absolute epic penalty shootouts in county cup finals and stuff for our local schools and then to join together and become such good friends there and then we go off on our own journeys but then we we pass we've passed across so many times with it being internationally at under 21 level and then when he was at Birmingham when I was at Wolves and um, and then on when he was at Man City and then it obviously goes to the Euros then in 2016 Um, it's incredible it's worked out like that but it, yeah, it was definitely extra special that it was against uh, um, with Joe in goal. Um, don't think I've managed to score against him in a competitive game. Even when I was at school, I scored a penalty past him in a shootout, but that was about it, I think. Um, so it was, it was extra special. And I always remember after the game. Um, sort of went out to see him, and I was kind of walking over to him with a bit of a smirk on my face, but he even he had a little wry smile. And he said, Well, if it was anyone who's going to score past me, I don't mind that it was you. So it was, um, it was a nice moment and we spoke about it since then quite a few times. And then um, obviously we've met each other a lot on the football field since then as well. Thanks for listening to the old goal club powered by Blythe group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.